0: Ready to do some purging. I think this could be the most important part of getting yourself organized. Minimizing the amount of inventory that we have to manage makes the chance of succeeding at staying organized a whole lot higher. It's not a foolproof plan (laughs) and it's probably the hardest step for a lot of people, but that's the step in the plan we're going to talk about today. Let's jump in to part two of our step-by-step plan to organize any space in your home, purging. Hey friend, welcome to the Joy Loving Home Podcast. I'm Joy, wife, mom of four, <laughs> and unorganized professional organizer. I have a heart for ADHD moms and kids. After spending years learning and organizing for other people, I realize there's a real need to turn the concept of being well-planned and organized upside down. It shouldn't be created exclusively by type A naturally organized people as a way to fix you or your home. Organizing, planning, and productivity should fit the way our brains think. Albert Einstein said, everybody's a genius, but if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it will live its whole life believing that it's stupid. (laughs) Well, fish, let's quit trying to climb trees while being given tips by well-intentioned monkeys who cannot understand how our brains think. Join me in the water and learn how to swim with the current of your life. It's time to choose unorganized organization and flexible productivity. It's time to choose progress over perfection. I'm in this journey with you, and together we can choose joy. If you have joined me for episodes 42 and 43 in which I introduced the fact that I'm going to walk you through every step that I take when I go into a client's house and get ready to organize with them and this you can apply in your life you don't need an organizer to do this this is the process it's pretty straightforward and it's it's pretty easy to remember and and simple enough to execute that does not make it easy and that's why people need organizers because having that objective third party if you will (laughs) that will help you process through the difficult parts of this system and to be the manpower and to be the accountability and to force you to schedule some time to do this that's sort of the magic of the professional organizer they have a lot of expertise. They've seen things before. They can make quick decisions because they see the end picture that maybe you can't see when you're in the weeds. It is possible. It is possible to do this yourself, which is why I'm sharing the steps with you in hopes that you can feel accomplished in doing this as well. If you are part of my Facebook group, which you can join at bit.ly slash community. you can join me on this journey. I for the first time ever, yay me, went live yesterday in three chunks and I started walking through the sort process of my pantry. So I am focusing this step-by-step plan on the pantry just to give a single concrete example. But again, this expands to any space that you would like to use it in. But if you'd like to join us there and you want to feel like you, you can walk through and do this with someone, <laughs> uh, those are saved and they're in the group. And you can feel free to look at those and see if those are helpful. I'm also going to continue with each of these steps and walk you through my pantry through each of these steps. So today we're jumping in on part two, which is the purge. And as I said in the intro, it can be the most difficult part. This is the place where we all have hangups about letting things go. And that's really kind of what gets us in trouble because it's about managing too many things that makes us feel anxious and overwhelmed and trying to minimize those down to a manageable amount, it doesn't mean you need to become a minimalist. (laughs) We don't have to use the superlative. We can just, you can be minimal-ish. As long as you get them down to a level that you can manage, things get a little easier. Food with me starting with the pantry is a particularly tricky and trigger-inducing area. As an example, when you are dealing with generation... Okay, I'm 50 this year. (laughs) So my parents' generation were raised by people who experienced the Great Depression. And there was a lot of, um, we had had more, it was before the time of excess in America. Let's say it that way. It was before the 80s. (laughs) And people would not allow anything to ever be wasted. And that's so... Supremely admirable. And I think a lot of us are trying to get back to that where things are not so easily thrown out. Um, and we look at things with more value now. And food can be particularly triggering because if you've ever been in a position where you have ever truly known hunger or truly not known where the next meal could come from, it's difficult to ever let go of anything in the food realm. And it's very difficult to deal with wasting food. So I don't want to be triggering to anybody. I want to respect that perspective because I know it's very real. When I have helped my mom downsize, one of our difficult things is she loves to bake. And, and if this is your area and this is your space she loves to cook to, you want to have an inventory of things around. Combine that with, she grew up fairly poor. She was raised by parents who knew want. And to be able to turn sort of that trigger off in your brain of, no, I have to save everything and I have to make sure I have extra. And then she lived for over 40 years in a community that got heavy snow and there would be times when you could not get out so you had to have a certain amount of inventory to know that you were going to make it until the roads were clear again and so she now lives in the south that is a very 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 rare occurrence that maybe roads could get icy and kind of shut down for a little bit but she's not in a situation where it would be dire anymore and yet you, you can't switch off learned behaviors like that very easily so take all of these suggestions on the surface level of what they are they're just suggestions but you have to push them against your unique and realistic lifestyle that I spoke about in the intro in episode 42 and give yourself grace that if this is not an area that you're willing to let anything go in that's okay. Let's just come up with a solution as to how to manage through if you feel a strong need to have that much inventory. Again, it's not a judgment issue. It's being realistic about what your, what your strongholds are, I guess, and having grace and knowing you have them for a reason. They, they just don't appear out of nowhere. With all of that being said, I'm going to go ahead and talk about what the, the general guidelines around a purge would be. And we'll go from there. If you've gotten this far, you answered some introduction questions for yourself, you have sorted the things out of your space, and in this case, the pantry, into like piles. So sorting is just putting like with like into, in my case, very broad categories because you're just trying to keep it easy and simple and not get yourself stuck in any place. Now, focusing on only one segment at a time, it's time to start figuring out what you want to purge. And purge is just getting rid of. Getting rid of can mean it's expired and it needs to go into the trash can. Getting rid of means I am never and my family is never going to eat this item. Why is it taking up space in my pantry? And if it's not expired and you can start creating a box of food donations that you're gonna take to a food bank, then that's wonderful because somebody might like to eat that creating a box in which you're going to place all of the unexpired food you can get ready to deliver it somewhere where somebody will eat it. Looking at expiration dates, looking at whether you actually will eat that food as a family. And be brutal about that because it really makes no sense to store something that someone else could use and just waiting for it to expire so then you feel less guilty about getting rid of it. Get rid of it now if someone else can use it. Additionally, if you are someone who has stacked up a whole lot of extras and you're starting to look at these dates and you're like, oh, they're not expired. I, I've, I'm going to keep this. And then you realize, oh, I have so many of these things that I don't know if we can finish all of them before they do become expired. If you f- suddenly find yourself with that many extras, donate some of those to the food bank as well. You're going to feel good about allowing somebody else who could be hungry to eat, you don't have to feel guilty later that you let food expire and it, and it got wasted. It's not just looking for expired food, it's looking at can we consume all of this before it does expire. We kind of try and be realistic about that as well. Once you have weeded out what you don't want, you're left with hopefully a smaller pile that is very realistic and this you're like, this fits. A good thing to do right now just to sort of multitask and double up is to consider also creating a grocery list of things you might know that's missing. I say that with great caution because I'm trying not to get y'all distracted. But if you always like to have, I don't know, let's say some brown sugar on hand. (laughs) I just first thing I can think of. And You realized you threw yours away because it was hard as a rock and it expired two years ago. A one would question, do you really need to always have brown sugar around? (laughs) But let's disregard that. Let's say you like to have it around and you just discarded it. It might not be the worst thing in the world to jot down either like in a note app or on a piece of paper or whatever that you now need to go buy this fresh. Don't buy 10 of them. By one (laughs) but but you could keep a little inventory of what is missing especially if you are purging some things that have expired and you now know oh gosh I need that or you thought you had something in the category and it's missing and you now are like let me write this down because I should normally always keep this on hand I digress because That's a little out of the realm. Let's focus back on purging. So you have each little pile, you're just going pile to pile to pile. So each sorted section, you're looking for the expired uh, dates, you're getting rid of the things you know you can't use, and you know that you won't use. And that's really the basics of the purge. But as I said, even though that's pretty straightforward and easy, to think about, it's not always easy to implement because I know, and this can be common across, you know, you might be in your closet, you're like, these don't expire. So I I can't use that as one of my purging questions. And like I said, I'd love to do this again later with a closet as the example. One way to think about it here is, let's say you tried a diet plan and you had some ingredients that were very specific to you were using them with that diet but you gave up on that and and you know you're not going to revisit it because it was a lot of work or you know it just didn't work for your lifestyle but you spent good money on some real specialty ingredients and that stuff is not expired but it's also already open so you can't necessarily donate it does it still make sense then to store it? That is one of our biggest hang-ups with purging is I spent good money on this. It feels really wrong to throw it away. A, obviously you could see if anybody else you know is currently following that diet and you're like, hey, I have all this specialty food. Let me donate it to you, Um, (laughs) which would work great if that happens, but it's also an extra step. It's a lot of work. And what you will hear a lot of organizers saying when they're trying to get people to minimize the amount of things is... The money was already spent. Holding on to it and storing it does not bring the money back. Storing it and not using it doesn't make it more or less valuable. It is literally costing you more storing it. It's, it's costing you the mental capacity to know it's in there. It's costing you physical space when you could minimize things down. The value has been used. You made your value and effort at that particular diet plan or whatever it was that you were doing. That was a season. That season is over. And it's time to move on to something new. Storing it doesn't fix any of those. It doesn't resolve any of your guilt or your hang up or the fact that you spent the money. So that's where things like purging can get tricky. And that's where when you've got an extra person talking things through with you. And if you guys want to Ask questions like that in the Facebook group. I'm happy to answer and happy to talk people through questions that will benefit them. So if you want to like snap a picture and go, I'm struggling with getting rid of this. I'm happy to talk you through those things. I'll respond and we can... um, Help others because they're see they going to have similar items and similar hangups. And it's a great way to see what it is. I mean, that is the value of having an outside person is to be able to talk you through the places that you get stuck and you get hung up. What I want you to keep circling back to and why I did that intro podcast, episode 42, was that I wanted you to keep your why in mind. If you look at the item you're struggling to purge but you know you should get rid of it, but you can't make yourself do it, is go back to that why of, is this serving what I wanted this pantry to function like? Is this serving that I wanted it to be easy to look in and know that everything in here is something I use? Does it make this easy to clean up and put away? Does it save space for the things we use all the time? Or is it not earning its space in this pantry? Hopefully that helps. And again, if you get hung up, reach out. I will try and talk you through it. Now, the last little thing I want you to do is once you've gone pile to pile to pile to pile and you have purged down every one of your sorted piles, if there's anywhere that you're like, okay, now it makes sense to shift these together or to regroup this or to combine these two piles, then go ahead and do that now while they're on your countertop so that you'll be ready for the next step, which is the A, which is to assign homes for places. So I hope that helps. I'm going to jump off so that you can work on these things. I actually recorded last night a video where I discussed the purging step and the assigning homes step, and I'm going to post that in the Facebook group. I'm not going to do that as a live just because. I was trying to get some things put away last night and it felt way too late to go live. So I did it as a recording. I'll post that recording and then I'll go live with the other steps today. But I just wanted to get this out for those of you that are waiting to take, to tackle this next step in the organizing your space process of your pantry. Until next time, choose joy. Did we just connect? Do you feel at home here? Oh gosh, then please do me a favor. I'd love to have you here for the next episode and to do that, you need to follow or subscribe or hit the little plus button, whatever it takes to be here next time I drop an episode. And while you're at it, if you could scroll down and find where people rate and review the podcast, and if you would add your thoughts, it would mean the world to me. First of all, it would help other moms like us find me and they wouldn't have to feel so alone but I actually just like hearing from you. It means a lot to know your thoughts and so that I can keep doing a, a good job and having episodes that mean something to you. So connect with me. DM me on Instagram. I'm at Home, Or you can email me, joy at joylovinghome.com or join my community. It's bit.ly slash Community. I can't wait to hear from you. And remember... Keep choosing joy.